can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game! Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped the keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Hello and welcome to the official Western United Club show here on FNR, Football Nation Radio. It is the Green Room presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Lockie Flanagan with me as always. How are you, Lockie? Excellent. Always am. Absolutely. We've had wins for uh, the women, the Cold United side, wins for the youth team. Obviously, disappointing result for the senior men, a blip on their campaign, but still flying high in the league. It's going to be a great show. We're going to be catching up with one of the biggest fans of the club who uh, had a moment to celebrate on the pitch, a magic moment to remember. Tony is going to be joining us a little bit later, and we're also going to be talking about jersey design with uh, the club's merchandise manager, Ren. So looking forward to that. A bit of a different spin on the show this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm a a real jersey nerd. As as you know, I'm I'm always threatening to steal all of the lovely ones (laughs) we've got behind us. I've got many unread messages, uh, or Ben Garuccio, rather, has many unread messages from me trying to follow off about his uh, hearts jerseys. (laughs) We're still waiting, Ben, but that's okay. It's all good. Um, I know they'll come eventually, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get into that and to speak to a, a, a competition winner. We we hoped we'd chat to um, someone who'd been to all three of the games. We're still waiting for that person to mm. reveal themselves, senior men's, youth and senior women's in one weekend. But a competition winner, the 61-metre kick winner, Tony Gilson, that is, you could say it's the next best thing. I'd say it's almost an even better thing mm. because that 61-metre kick has been eluding people <laughs> For some time now. It's great to see someone take it out. It's more difficult than it looks. It is. And I said great to see someone take it out. Even better to see that it was Tony Gilson Mm. who took it out. He, he, I, I loved his reaction afterwards. He was in slight disbelief. I think that he, that he nailed it. It was great. Well, I, I think he. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll save the questions and the uh, opinions on the kick for for later because we'll get to speak to him all about the uh, the technique and the ins and outs of it in due time. Yes, I think it's time to get to our headline guest for the evening. He's the general in the middle of the midfield. Neil Kilkenny joins us via Zoom now. Neil, thanks for joining us on the show. How are you doing, guys? We're doing well, mate. Uh, tell us about your journey at the at the club this season. What, in, what enticed you, first of all, to, to join Western United? Um, obviously, I, I heard about the interest. I had a bit of interest from um, other clubs, um, another uh, Melbourne club as well but um, you know uh, I was excited with the background of the club where they wanted to go um, people that want to invest in the club and you know they have good people here They and then obviously I, I knew the assistant manager that was coming in as well and I knew bits and pieces of John Aloisi um, played with John Aloisi as well but obviously I was very young at the time and um, you know it was it was an opportunity that that I wanted to explore, and um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a good move. Well, you played with John Aloisi as a very young player. He's become your coach. It was a, a similar situation for yourself at Perth with with Tony as well. He was someone who played alongside you, now coached you. Are you making a habit of that sort of thing intentionally, or is it just a coincidence? No, I, see, I think it's just a coincidence. You know, um, obviously, I know that you know both of them 
characters that you spoke to are very big in the Australian game and and winners. Um, and they knew my personality, my character, what they were they were they were bringing to the club. Um, I, I, I'm a I'm a winner, and I want to push myself, but and push everyone around me uh, every day. Um, it's not just on on a Saturday that you have to be pushed. You have to be pushed every day because the results you do on the training ground actually uh, then it obviously uh, lays over to the to the match day. So um, yeah, the, probably the biggest thing was obviously I knew that the, the winners that were coming into the club. A lot of players have, have described you as a bit of a coach on the field and and someone who's you know always driving standards um, you know at training or during matches. Has that always been part of your your personality, or is that a leadership role that you've grown into over the course of your career? Oh, I've got an interesting coaching, obviously. So um, over the years, I've, I've taken a lot of things in that managers that I've worked with, um, you know, and it's been fantastic because you know I've, I'm playing with. Um, some players here that, you know, are up and coming, some good, you know, young players, youngish players that, and no matter what I, I, I you know, the, the adrenaline of the game, I'm only trying to help the team, help help everyone as a structure. And you see our structure this year, it's fantastic. You know, everyone knows their jobs and that's a result down to the management team that, that have been here and they've drilled it into the players and, and obviously, through my experience over the season, over the years, and definitely working and listening to what they say within the meetings and, and in training every day, I try and reiterate the messages that they they um, they they express to the group. And and as an older player, that's um, you know one thing that I need to be doing to make the group keep pushing forward and and not rest on their laurels. Speaking of reiterating the message from the the coaching staff, one one person I've heard you speak uh, very highly of in particular in the past is, of course, your assistant, uh, your assistant coach, Hayden Fox. You know, he was obviously um, with you in your Perth Glory days as well. And from from listening to you speak about him in the past, it's clear that he's had a big impact on yourself and maybe how it informs your own coaching opinions. What is your relationship with with Foxy like, and and what are the biggest learnings you've taken out of uh, working alongside him? Obviously, um, I knew of Foxy before I worked with him at Perth. And he came into Perth, and you know, a new manager, you know, a new coaching staff as assistant manager, and um, you know, you, you want to listen to what they do. And when you're an experienced player, you you know, and, and you work with the experienced players. They've been around the game for a long time. So you know if they're good. You know, you know, as soon as they speak, you're like, this guy knows his stuff. Or, oh, I don't know. I don't know about him. But within working with Foxy for straight away, I, I knew that he was very good at his job. And obviously the results speak for themselves, the results that we had at Perth. And then obviously he's now come here and he's doing exactly the same here obviously with a new manager and the new manager, um, the manager, John Aloisi is a fantastic manager as well. About management is a great manager surrounds themselves with good coaches and great coaches to push them and to help them as well, because in football, you don't know everything, you know? So, and then they have to sign good players, good characters within the changing room to reiterate what they want from the group and get the message across. And like I said, they're, they're fantastic coaches, um, obviously. And I, I knew from working with Foxy at Perth that 
this guy knows his stuff and he's top drawer and obviously working under John Aloisi and this is the first time as a, as a manager I worked under him. I've listened to him, the way that he speaks to the group, the way he deals with personalities, the way he gets his message across. It shows to me that, you know, he's a fantastic manager and um, I'm, I've really enjoyed it this season. Well, it does sound like you're uh, you're destined for a career in management yourself uh, when you eventually hang up the boots, Neil. Is that something you've been thinking about for a while? Yeah, um, I think obviously since I was very, you know, professionally at 24, 25 and, you know, you look at, at listen to coaches and managers and over the years you, you listen and you take in the things that you've really enjoyed. And, and I think I, I would really enjoy coaching and management, um, obviously, um my my situation with the family is a different thing in the sense of of coaching and management life is very similar to a player's life in the sense of you know you you get a lot of it but there's a lot of um, sacrifices you have to make um which I, obviously I found out this year with being away from my family for 10 months now so it's um, it's been tough on the the subject of you know uh, other players within the squad who we've spoken about in the past, Josh, with those kind of coaching ambitions, uh, one of them is very close to uh, to home for you in in the uh, the base of midfield, and that's Stephen Lustiger. He's also pretty big into his coaching. You guys have formed a, a really really solid partnership this season. Obviously, you know you're the defensive anchor, and Lustig does his defensive work as well, but can get forward and score those goals with third man runs. How have you uh, found working alongside him in the base of midfield this year? Yeah, um, I've played against obviously Lusty um, a few times over the years and I've always thought he's a good player and, you know, some tell you work with someone and, and, you, and you see them every day. Um, and like I said, good coaching, good management, you need to bring in players that complement other players, you know, Um I think, you know, in, to a certain extent, we, we complement each other. You know, he, he nicks a goal. He, he knows how to arrive into the box, uh, right? And I can sit in behind him. Um, I, I sort of build up the play from deeper and, and and he's very capable of doing that, but it's not his major strength. He can do it. but So, yeah, it's been good um, to play with Lusty and, and hopefully, you know, I can help, help him and complement him to as much as I can. You mentioned you, you've picked up bits and pieces from, from players and coaches that you've encountered over the years and you've had a really successful career over in the UK as well as in the A-League. Uh, perhaps from your, your UK days, who are some of the uh, the coaches that you've admired and, and taken lessons from over that journey? Um, I've worked obviously with Steve Bruce and, and um, Simon Grayson, who was obviously my manager at Leeds and Preston. Um, you know, in, in Australian football, they wouldn't be such big names obviously Simon Grayson people would know more so Steve Bruce but I've picked up man management skills from Steve Bruce the way that he used to deal with things um I was I was a young person but you know and and then obviously Simon Grayson over the years but you know as a as a um a player you you work with managers and you try and you know pick the the good things but not not so good things as well you know I've worked with managers over the years as well that you know you see them do certain things and you're like, okay, well, that's maybe not the way to deal with that situation. And, mm. and obviously if with a certain situation, oh, that's the way I, I, you know, you should deal with it. So you pick up these good and bad things, but I've worked over uh, the years um, with so many managers, it's hard to say, but obviously over the, because they're fresh in your mind, 
definitely over the last two, three years, um, over, uh, probably two, four years, say four or five years, I've definitely um, learned a lot of stuff. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the the learnings from your your playing experience over in the UK because obviously anyone who knows your story is familiar with you know the fact that you moved across um, to the UK you know when you were growing up to give yourself uh, a better chance of you know getting into that top top um, level of football and you broke through the the youth ranks at Arsenal. Obviously, you mentioned earlier in the interview you know that the role you're sort of playing in helping to bring young players through this team at Western United who obviously they want to reach the mountain with this club, but many of them would look at England as the absolute pinnacle, the place to go in football. What do you think, you know, having experienced both those playing environments, taking a lot of learnings out of it, what do you think was the the key in sort of getting you across to that that environment in the UK and, and really being a standout? Well, obviously, <clears throat> there's a different mentality to everything over there um, in the sense of the cutthroat to the level of the cutthroat industry that you're in. Um, but I think as well, a lot of it comes down to um, the mental strength of players. Um, players, you know, go into the right club at the right time. Say, for instance, if you're a technical player, don't go to a long ball team uh, just because they're in England or they're, because you could go there and get swallowed up very quickly as well. So, and I think obviously that would help with the cutthroat industry that you're in, in, in over in, in Europe in the sense of you see a lot of young Australian boys go over to Europe and maybe not be able to handle it mentally because it is so cutthroat. And you have to be very headstrong, very determined. And when you take the knocks, you have to get yourself back up and dust yourself down again to go again. Um, so yeah, so definitely if, if any young players wanted advice, I would always advise them, uh, in my opinion, um, which has got a decent, um, experience and, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm brutally honest as well. So, um, but I'll always, always try and help young players, um, and try and advise them if they ask my opinion, um, if it was right or wrong, what they should, what in my opinion, what they should be doing. I wanted to rewind, if if we could, to your your full Premier League debut back in uh, back in two thousand and five. I think it was against Liverpool, and obviously the the day didn't end so great for you with the with the red card. But it seems like you did enough that day to impress some of your uh, your more established teammates, and they they had some words of encouragement for you in the media afterwards. Just how important was that? You know that experience and and getting that that positive feedback from those senior figures at the time because you know you look at it on paper you made your debut against Liverpool the red card the draw it, you know it could be perceived as a negative experience but it looked like it turned into a positive one for you. Yeah, um, obviously, um, you know I found out a couple of hours before the game uh, that I was playing um, against Liverpool. They just won, I think the the the, the uh, the European Champions League as well. Uh, that the next season, um, I made my debut and uh, eighty. I think it was eighty third minute. Um, someone's hit the bar, and I think it was hit the bar, or even coming with a header. And I've literally put my hand out from a natural reaction. I literally, it was like I put my hand out and then gone. Oh no, what have I done? It was just a, a reaction. Obviously, from the emotion of the game, wanting to succeed so much. You know, I just put my hand out and then as soon as I touched it, 
I realised what I'd done. And obviously we were winning 2-1 at the time, I think. Um, and um, it was a penalty. I got sent off straight red. And uh, Gibriel Cisse um, scored the penalty to to make it 2-2. But people forget that. Um, and I always remember that it was our chief in the, our first point at home that season. So I was really upset. Uh, I fit obviously from from that. But like I said, um, football turns so quickly. So you have to dust yourself off and go again. And from them experienced players I've played with them. Um, yeah, it was nice words. And, and they helped me through um, a couple of diff- difficult hours um, after the game. It's it's interesting, isn't it, Josh? Sort of listening to that story and comparing it to your role within in the squad this this season, Neil. Obviously, still a standout as a as an individual playing in the base of the midfield, but helping out those around you, giving it honest advice to the young players. It kind of feels like a a bit of a a full circle moment. I mean, what does that kind of transition from taking those lessons to now giving them uh, mean to you? Well, obviously, you know people. And fans and everyone, they see the perception of, you know, on the pitch, you know, the adrenaline running through and maybe sometimes, you know, the way I say things. But I think now people know that within the group and, and, and you know, that I play with that it's the passion of the game that's coming out. And then they actually, I always say to them sometimes, don't listen to the way I say it, listen to what I say. Because of the, the game, you're so engrilled in, into the game that, you say it with a certain anger or whatever. And it's like, you know, it comes across maybe as I'm having a go at them, but it's actually not. I'm just actually trying to come on like the adrenaline of game, like sort of sweeps you with it. So yeah, it's, um, you know, that's maybe one thing that obviously as a coach, you won't be adrenaline with the running around and stuff you would be in. So you can actually help people on the, as a coach more where when you're involved in the, in the fight, so you say, um, you know, um, maybe you say it a wrong way, but yeah, it's, um, it is, it's, um, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, certain things, cause obviously I know what I hear people that used to give me advice. And when I was a youngster, some, it's like anything, you know, you go, Oh, whatever, he's, oh, whatever. And then mm-hmm. when you get older, you go, actually oh, that come, I should have really listened to him. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I've been in both spaces now, obviously being an older player. So it's interesting. Well, it's funny you say that, Neil, because I think it, it depends on the coach is what I would say. There's a lot of red faces and angry words on the touchline in the A-League. So uh, I think it depends on how you're able to, <coughs> to, I guess, uh, to guess handle those emotions. Uh, West United this season, we've been uh, very impressed with the performances and the results, of course. We'd be remiss if we didn't um, go into uh, the defeat against Wellington. Uh, it seemed as if they, they sprung a bit of a, a tactical surprise in that game. Yeah, I've always said that around this time of the season, being the experience that I've been in before, that teams show you a lot more respect and they go, okay, these guys are, you know, they're, they're going to dominate us and or they might break on us. So we're going to have to maybe sit in and hit them on the break. And, and that's what they did. And, and sometimes, you know, as a group, you have to hold your hands up and say, you know, we weren't at our level. And Wellington played well as well in the, the in, in sense of the tactical uh, in the tactical, what what they did tactically. So we have to brush ourselves down. Like I said, there's going to be many, many, there's five games to go. There's going to be many, many twists and turns. Um, you know, everyone probably after the game would have thought, oh, you know, well, that's it, you know, game over. So 
and now and then within three hours everyone's then looking around going oh we can go and go and do well and we can go and win it again so like I said there's so many twists and turns in in a title race throughout the season but in a title race that you've just got to knuckle down you know you take a few hits get it back up and go again and and as a group that's what we need to do you know the um the intensity of training this week's been fantastic it's probably been a re- gone to a really high level again so um hopefully that that will you know go over to a saturday it's a diff- it's a completely different equation, isn't it? Because you know, obviously, your guys' speed and directness has been something that's really helped you to get the results that you have this season. And now, you know, those counter attacks, those transitions, are, are something that you're having to deal with more and more as teams change their approach. Has that been a real focus on the training pitch this season? You mentioned that the intensity's been much higher, but has that been one of the keys, sort of trying to? work on dealing with those, um, you know, counter-attacking moments and, and closing them down? I think we'll work on that over the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we've worked on the intensity, um, you know, bodies getting recovered from the game um, last Saturday. Um, and it's been, um, we've played, you know, a lot, of, a lot of games this season in the sense of, um, you know, a lot of minutes for players. So um, I'm sure over the next couple of days, you know, Saturday, we got Thursday, Friday, to concentrate on things that the manager wants. And we trust the, the coaching staff, the management massively. Um, they're one of the reasons why, you know, the club are in in this situation now. And um, I'll definitely, um, you know, I think if people turned around to us and said at the start of the season, you know, five games to go, that, you you, you know, if you win the last five, you you win the league, then I think a lot of fans and a lot of people would have, well, everyone probably would have gone, yeah, okay, we'll take that. So, like I said, um, we'll see what we do on Thursday and Friday, but hopefully, we, you know, we can put on a performance on Saturday and get the win. And obviously, as you just brought it up, you've got a chance to get back to winning ways and, and show the the fruits of the labour in the training track in midweek against Perth, obviously your old side as well. How do you feel going into that one? Uh, and it's in, in Tasmania as well, so a lot of variables to throw up. Yes, you know, it's disappointing the situation that that Perth Glory find themselves in. Um, Even when I was there last year, I could feel it at the start of last season. Uh, Be it, like I said, as an experienced pro, you know, you you can't pull the wool over over your eyes. You know, you know what's what's going on. Uh, You can sense certain things going on. Uh, Like I said, I could sense it within walking through the doors here that I knew that we would surprise a a lot of clubs this year with everything, the players, the characters in the changing room, the younger ones that had been here um, last year that were desperate to succeed. Obviously, a structure that's been put in place within out the club. And, and that comes down, you know, to everything. But, yeah, it's, um, we're really looking forward to to the to the game um, on Saturday. And, and we're confident, you know, we've got to put on a performance and hopefully we'll get the three points. Well, I mean, it's a cliche, but... I guess it's three finals coming up. Coming up with these three games in hand on Melbourne City, you win all three, you're top of the league. Yeah, of course. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, if you want to win the league, that's what you've got to do. You've got to win games, you know, and, and, and that's what it's all about. Um, there's a different, that's a that's a different pressure than quite a few of the boys ha- haven't had in, in their careers so far. Um, but that's why you... You know, as a management, you know, um, you know they've been there before as, as players, um, 
and, and coaching staff. So I'm sure that they can, you know, help with that experience as well. Well, Neil, we better let you go. You've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much for joining us and, and giving an insight into, into you and your career. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in action in Tasmania on Saturday. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I really appreciate the chat. Well, we're going to take a short break because we've got the merchandise manager, Ren Wackett, on the other side. Lockie, your chance to ask about oh, kit design. We're going to be able to speak about all of those. Oh, I'm looking I can't forward wait. to it. Looking so uh, it. let's take a short ad break here on The Green Room on FNR, and we'll be back with more in a moment. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Barrios, his first touch of the game! Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's kicked the keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Welcome back. It's the Green Room, the official Western United Club show here on FNR, Football Nation Radio, presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Lockie Flanagan with me, and we're delighted to be joined now by the club's merchandise manager, Ren Wackett. Welcome to the Green Room. Hi, guys. Uh, it's so great to have you on the show, mate, because there's uh, a number of things we're always impressed by at Western United here at FNR, and uh, Lockie in particular is always uh, frothing over the jerseys and merchandise. One well, piece I, he's I, walking I right thrown now. off, I was wearing an overshirt before in our, our chat with Neil Kilkenny. I've, I've thrown it off because I think I think this shirt deserves to be mm. to be seen in full. There's a great range of... Um, of merch that's at the club, the tees. And I can see as well, Ren, that you've got one of the, the latest pieces on. Tell us a little bit about yeah. this uh, this new edition. So, I mean, yeah, great. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I mean, you know, it's it's a really interesting role uh, being a merchandise manager for any club. Um, my experience has sort of come back from, I was at the Cats for 12 years there, leading their merchandise, um, and sort of came on board Um at, the, at Western United last September. So it's a great place to work uh, work for and had the merch program is very, very exciting. Um, the sort of box logo hoodie um, I'm wearing now has been extremely popular. It's, it's, it's sort of a lot of it um, is, you know, streetwear, sort of street branding, skate stuff. Um, Barisha Dolman did a box logo mm. um, cap, capsule range a few months back and I got a lot of inspiration from that. Something a little bit cleaner, something slicker, something you could wear on the street, um, not necessarily screaming out, you know, Western United, but it still has that element to it. And so, and honestly, it's, it's so comfortable. Like, uh, I mean, I like to sort of praise my, like the merch and everything because that's my role, but it's a, it's a really comfortable piece. I wear it um, outside of match days and you know, on the couch all the time because it's, it's such a comfortable item. Yeah, well, the box logo one has just been such a hot piece of property where merch is concerned. I've seen so many fans uh, at, at the stadiums just sort of rolling around with that one. It can't hurt, though, when you are trying to get these new designs out into the world to have someone like Alessandro Diamante, you know, marching around Mars Stadium with the box logo T-shirt on. To have that sort of... Uh, Influencer extraordinary. That sort of influence, yeah. it, must, it must help. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing, like... You- you, start, you do have to cater to a lot of people with merch. Like, there's so many different types of supporters out there. Um, and not everyone wants to 
have big logos printed all over their apparel. So something a little bit more subtle, a um, little bit more youthful, a um, little bit cooler. Diamante, like, he's such a cool guy. So it's great to see someone like him actually like the range and put it on and without even really telling him to put it on, he's willing to sort of wear it around. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a proud moment when you sort of see that, that there's good feedback on, on those type of items. Well, I think that just speaks to uh, the quality of the look because Deer isn't just wearing it to be a good club. No, this is a very fashionable is... <laughs> club. They take their, their clothing game very seriously. Exactly. So. You know, yeah. he's, he's always out there. He's always on the Instagram stories. So he's a very visible personality. So great to have him as the ambassador. Are there any other players who've impressed you so far in the, in the way they, they model the team merch? Um, I mean, to be honest, we've got a lot of good-looking sort of guys in the team. We probably have one of the best-looking crew um, out there. So it's, it's really easy to have them um, wear, wear the merch, you know. A lot of, like, um, yeah, a lot of tall, tall, dark, handsome um, players out there. So they all look great. I mean, I, to be honest, like, the, the colours really are, are great, um, green and black. It, you can do so much with that, that type of stuff. You can, you can really have big supporter wear. In it, or you can have subtle um, apparel. So, like the black is such a versatile color in apparel. So, you know, it's hard to sell with pure Perth glory and you're doing purple. It's, that's really hard to create a range, but mm. black and green and white, um, it's such an easy um, colorway to, to really dress up. It's that shade of green as well, I think, that is so nice, that kind of deeper sort of mm. dark green. Because we did have the North really, Queensland really... Fury in the competition a few years ago. In and a that lurid was, green. That, and that, that, that's got a... its own yeah. place, so we may see that at some point. But it, it's really nice. And the be- the best part for you as well, Ren, is that you know, the green and black, obviously, Sassuolo are and were a team known for also having that colorway. But with with uh, before too long, they're only going to be able to wear – they're not going to be allowed to wear green anymore. So green's going to be gone. The green and black colour palette will be the Exclusive. property of Western United and, and what yeah. a great colour palette it, uh, it is to work with. And the other thing you mentioned is obviously within the, the variety of the designs, making a lot of subtle merchandise. It's something I'm a really big advocate of, like to, to be able to have something that obviously you can wear to a game day but also wear around on the street and you know people who know will give you that sort of subtle nod. It's, it's a real especially compared to some of the other merchandise we see throughout the league, it feels like that's a really big difference maker to, to you know, create items that are sort of casually appropriate as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think football in terms of internationally, um, in, in terms of apparel, is such a big driver of that. Um, you can get a lot of cool apparel that has a little, you know, hint of the branding of that football club and you wouldn't know until you actually look at it closely. They go, oh, actually, that is a Western United top. Like, that's cool, you know, you, and you mm-hmm. see someone with that piece and you like it, you can give them a nod going, yep, we're Western United fans, but we're not screaming it out there on the weekday, but on the weekend, we'll wear our big, our top and our jerseys and scream out loud, but on during the weekday, we can have our box logo um, hoodie or tee and, and just support subtly, um, you know. So it, it's all about facility. Like, you really want to have, pieces in the program in the merchandise program that can cater to a lot of different types of people like ones that do want to support wear the jersey that's great like scream out and wear it proud but ones that just want to have something a little bit more subtle more a little bit more fashionable then they can have that too so we're really trying to build a range internally at the club that can cater to a Mm. lot of our fans um and we're such a new club that we're it's 
we're fortunate that we're in a position that we can go and try new things and and see what can work because it's such a yeah it's, it's such a new club that you can actually really be adventurous and audacious with design so i guess with, with the kits especially we've had amazing sort of sell through and feedback um with the kits that we've had so far um in the three seasons and i think you know you're never always going to please everyone but i think for the most part our kits have always been a bit of a standout. Mm. It's a, it's almost like a secret handshake, isn't it, Josh? When you, you know you <laughs> see someone with another piece of subtle merchandise that you always recognise, like the uh, the grade out logos as well on the t-shirts is another design that I'm familiar with. Where it's just the Western United yep. logo, you can see it there, but it's just in grey, so it doesn't stand out a huge amount from the black. Mm. But anyone else who's walking past you and sees that you know sort of grey faint grey W, they're going to know, Josh. It it is really like a secret. It's like almost like a secret code. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's like the stone cutters in the Simpsons. <laughs> exactly. Just a little, a little subtle nod. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Ren, tell us about jersey design. What, what's the process that actually goes into that? How does it work? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's very – there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions um, on, on jerseys, um, and you'll get that everywhere. So, like I said, you're not always going to get um, everyone liking the jersey, but it's important that – I mean, for me – that you get a, a lot of everyone's opinion and, you know, it's such a new club that we're trying to build a tradition and some foundations here. And I think um, having sort of all those, um, you know, opinions in there going, yeah, it forges a jersey. Um, like, for, for example, I guess the home jersey, I'm very traditionalist in that they wear, that's how, you know, we've got green and black stripes. That's what who we are. We can't move away from that um, because that's, this is who we are. Um, and you see a lot of clubs, change all like you know so drastically but for us that's forging sort of our tradition now and our history and then the away kit is such a something that we can always be a little bit more adventurous and you've seen some of our designs there um you know it's always that kit that's what's well, a bit of a wow factor there's 50 50 will like it and the other 50 percent will won't like it but it's it's you want it out there and you want people to talk about it um and then yeah we're hopeful to introduce the third kit um for next season because we're at that stage where our program is sort of delivering mm. the, the demand to have a third kit. And you've, you've seen some great kits out there. So I'm always open to, um, you know, what, what designs are in, what, you know, what's popular overseas and opinions. And, like, you know, always email our merchandise inbox if you have a, an idea. Or, you know, I'd love to see this colorway. Or how good is this um, design from this um, international, you know, um, club and yeah, it's it's always great to to have ideas from from fans and feedbackers. We are we are you know we're not restricted in any way really um, with with our kit design. So we're we're in the process of starting that brief now. Um, we're doing our range with Kappa, uh, which is a great supplier. Like they're a great on field for us because they do such cool stuff um, internationally, and we really could jump on to what's on trend um, in Europe. Because yeah, they've done some amazing kits um, internationally, and yeah, we really lean on and those guys to to help us brief in for kits for next season. I think that's one of the the great things about kit culture and kit discussion is you can have very differing opinions, but you know sometimes there's plenty of subjects in football where you can mm-hmm. have differing opinions, and that's maybe going to make you angry at the person who doesn't agree with your opinion. But when it comes to kits, it's more it's a much more collaborative, like open minded process, and I think. Yeah, as we can see from what I've got on, what you've got on, um, and what's in the background as well, the collaboration uh, definitely leads to uh, great results. But obviously, you mentioned it before, the process has already started to to produce 
next season's kit. Obviously, the green and black, you know, the, the color scheme, we can sort of expect that from the home jersey, but yeah, there'll be little subtle changes here and there. Obviously, it's still early days, yeah, and you don't want to give away yeah, too that, much, but is there any, any little secrets about, about what we might be seeing uh, the Western boys and girls uh, roll out in next year? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's an important point as well. We're looking to sort of design for our women's team as well, so we've got to make sure that the design fits well for both um, mm. both teams. Um, but, I mean, I can't give away too much, but obviously the, the home kit will remain pre- pretty similar, is, is my opinion, that, you know, we need that tradition mm. In the home kit, mm. um, the away kit is always that you know being that that statement piece, um, and then I guess a third colorway in um, the, the third kit is sort of open to to discussion at, at this point. But we've I mean we've seen popular um, uh, opinions on the the keeper the purple keeper kit that's been mm. really like we don't retail that um, this season, but every like you know we've had so many requests for for that keeper kit. And it's, it's one of those things where you just don't know what's going to work. Like it's, it's so, oh, wow. Like, you know, wow. Everyone loves that purple. It could be the shading. It could be, but yeah. So mm-hmm. sort of those feedback that you get throughout the year sort of leads to what um, mm-hmm. the, the range could look like for next season. And the beauty about football is that they, they do go with different colorways and different designs and everything. You're not sort of stuck with any barriers really um, on the design. So it's exciting um, to sort of work on that process now. It's a bit of a long process um, and getting it all sort of ticked off and signed off and getting everyone's um, feedback on it is important. So then when we, when we do launch it, everyone has their say in it and everyone's proud of, of what that kit is because at the end of the day, that's that's our biggest seller and that's our you know number one product is our, is our kits and we've got to get that right because, um, yeah, you, if you don't get that right, you, you're quickly told, that it's, it's not a good kit so uh it's, it's always sort of yeah difficult one but um we've got yeah great colors and we've had traditionally we've had some really good kits so mm. i don't want to break that trend it really speaks to the quality of the work that you are doing red and obviously the rest of the merchandise team that you guys are somehow managing at least in my opinion to pull off the color purple on a kit better than the actual team in the a-league men's that wears <laughs> yeah. purple that really really a, a tip your hat but you talk about it being potentially going forward a more um, a process that's open to feedback from fans. What about within the actual teams itself? Because we started this whole chat by talking about how many fashionable members we've got within the playing squad. Are you maybe, you know, taking some uh, mind maps from, from Dio about what, what things could look like, not just the kit, but the, the whole range to come? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're always open to feedback from the playing group. Well, some of them, to be honest, are just like, oh, We'll wear whatever we need to wear on the field, but some really have some strong opinions on what they want to wear for next season. So it's 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 one of those things that yeah, you do get a lot of player feedback, um, and that's important as well. I've always um, found that a successful kit is always when you get um, the feedback from internally from the club, mm. from everyone that's like yeah, you know this works for us. This is the story behind why we do something. Um, it's it's everything like you see at in the AFL with the Indigenous guarantee, there's a story behind the design. That's why they're so popular. Um, so I think for me, um, what how I want to approach the, the, the kit design for next year is that we, we have a story and we, we have a reasoning behind why we've done this design. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll, you'll see that next season's kits uh, will be sort of launched a little bit different to what we've done in the past. That there'll be some mm-hmm. detailing around why we've done something. Um, and I think that's, yeah, 
But when you, you, you demonstrate the story and, and the reasoning behind um, a certain design or pattern, then I think people really, really joined that and really embraced those designs. I think one of the best examples of that in recent uh, years has been the IAX Bob Marley special edition yeah. um, because they sing yep. the song at the games. And, uh, yeah, I think they really hit the hit a nerve there. Are there clubs that you look to? You mentioned Borussia Dortmund before. Are there clubs that you look to as inspiration? Because football being this global sport with so many different ideas coming out and so many different trends, what are some yeah. of the, the clubs um, and leagues that you look to overseas for inspiration for the streetwear and for the kids? Um, well, for me, I guess um, Austin FC in the MLS. I think the MLS mm. guys, do it really well. Um, they have their one sort of major partner that um, gets them out, and it's, it's it's interesting to see what designs come out from clubs from the same supplier. Um, obviously, Austin, Austin FC is such an easy one because we've got the same colours. Um, but like, I know I do lo- do a lot of research with uh, Kappa because Kappa do do such cool products um, in Europe. So I I sort of lean towards just those clubs that. Not not so much the you know you see around like the Liverpools and the Uniteds or whatever. It's just I look at those like different clubs. They're like oh they're doing it a little bit different, um, you know, because we want to be industry leading in our kits and in our merchandise program. So we want to push the boundaries and be audacious and and go and people talk about our kits. You know whether it's positive or negative, it's it's mm. it's good when people talk about our kits and go hey have you seen that club in in Melbourne that's got this kit design that's you know so we've got that the raised badge that's really you know it's it's just a talking point and that's that's what we want we want our brand aware uh, some brand awareness and and getting everyone to talk about our kits um hopefully more positive than negative but it is always great to have um different types of opinions on 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 the kit but yeah I, i do look at more clubs that you don't necessarily would would see um i guess in a sort of more you know um, popular places so like you know I always look at sort of more the fashion fashionable brands I like subtle um, designs um, and subtle messaging in, within the kit but that's just my opinion I, I also need to sort of work collaboratively internally to make sure that um, that yeah we, we, we deliver a kit that everyone's really happy with you mentioned the the raised badge. Um, if anyone's ever owned or, or worn like a West United replica jersey, that's that's the first thing you notice when you put it on. It's actually so the satisfying experience. Yeah. You, you actually have to catch yourself when you're out in public because you probably don't want to be like dragging. Your it's the, yeah. the lettering as well. Much. It's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, nice. it's, it's, it's so cool. It's so unique to our jersey as well. So it, it was really great that we could um, that Kappa could get that for us because it's it's really unique to us and. Um, it's something that we'll, we'll continue on. Um, hopefully, we can implement a few more sort of subtle, subtle not, um, design elements within the jersey that can be traditional and and grow in history. Well, and the different colorways of the badge is also a thing that I've always been a big fan of. But I, we should probably leave. we could go on for a yeah. very long time with the kit <laughs> yeah. chat. I, we've got the whole clothes rack over there. I've got yeah. a few trunks of them at home. We should we should probably maybe we should should do that in the future. Just uh, exchange, maybe do a bit of a uh, you know a kit showcase at, at mm. some point, and compare a few notes. But the other thing I want to ask you about, uh, which I'm still doing a bit of the mental gymnastics to work out how this falls under the purview of merchandise manager, but I'm not complaining at all. But you're also heavily yeah. involved with you know the um, the setup for the E League as well, which I understand has a bit of a uh, different format in compared to previous seasons. Tell us a little bit about that uh, that E League setup at Western United. 
Yeah, so I mean the APL has sort of re redesigned the whole E League um, from previous sort of few seasons. Um, so I've got some sort of back. I've got some background in esports and um, and yeah. So we we've sort of started that process earlier, and we, we're partnering up. We'll, we'll announce it pretty soon, but we'll partner up with um, with a really high profile organisation in that space, um, and really have some some good you know high ranked players to play for us in the e-league uh which will be in may um there's sort of two rounds to it there's, there's sort of the the group stages in i think the 7th of may uh, that weekend and then um the finals round will be in the actual a apl um grand final a league grand final so we're hoping that we're if we play our cards right that we have the e-league and the a-league men's team sort of playing at the same time like you know in the morning and and in the afternoon and we have a double championship but yeah uh you're playing these things but and you hope that they eventuate but yeah well that's that's the goal at the moment so we've got some really strong players um which we'll announce uh hopefully this week or next week that will uh launch our e-league e um team but yeah the format's a little bit different and we've got a really competitive team out there well, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who who takes the field. There might be a few uh, jaded men's team players that are annoyed that their FIFA skills aren't considered good enough to be involved, <laughs> as has happened in other uh, E-League teams in, in seasons gone by. But before we let you go, Ren, maybe one, one final question for you. Obviously, we're all looking forward to seeing what the kit looks like for next year. Are you hoping as well that that, that badge on the front for the men's team might uh, might have a different uh, tint as well for next season? Uh yeah, it's a it's a um, it's a good problem to have is mm. not ordering the kits as you know you got to wait until the, you can't really hit that button until you know so that that is in the back of my mind. Um, uh, it's a it's it's a stress to to have that to, to not because you want to order it as soon as possible so you can get delivered on time. But it's uh, one of these things where it's a good problem to have. Um, so hopefully there'll be a little bit of a different color colour A-League badge mm. there next I, season. I've got to say, I think gold trims would, would go quite nicely mm. with, uh, yeah. with green and black. For green, black. But I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not the merchandise manager. I don't design <laughs> the kit, so keep my opinions to myself. Hey, everyone's got an opinion on this. That's the beautiful that thing about point. it. That Ren, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really uh, really entertaining, really fun to have you on. And uh, best of luck with, uh, with the final release. We can't wait to see what it looks like. No worries, guys. I uh, Just sort of one final message yeah, cool. for me. Um just to let, to let our fans know that we, we, um, we're having a sort of long weekend offer. We've got 25% off merchandise um, online, um, which includes sale items as well. And then we also will we'll have that offer in Tassie for the guys that, uh, for everyone that's attending those games. Um, so a big, big offer this weekend for um, our supporters. Thank you for letting me know. Very good. I just... Good thing I've got the wallet right here. Yeah, Perfect. Lockie's bank balance is not thanking you for that revelation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, wow, what an offer. 25% off this weekend. Ren, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. See ya. We're going to go to one final break and uh, super fan Tony Gilson is going to yes. join us on the other side after his 61-meter kick. So stay around, stick around here on The Green Room. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha. He's done it again. Presented by Simmons. 
It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. For the final time this evening, welcome back to the Green Room here on FNR, Football Nation Radio, presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builders. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Lockie Flanagan with me, and we are absolutely delighted to be joined by superfan Tony Gilson, who pulled up from 61 metres on the weekend and nailed it. Uh, congratulations, Tony, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was yeah, surprising, and I think the video showed how shocked I was. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit lost for words, to be honest. Well, what was going through your head when you lined it up, mate? Because it's it's a long it's a long way out. It's a lot tougher than it looks, as we've seen with a few fans this season attempting it. Um, I, I thought because I was going to toe poke it, I didn't want to stub my toe on the ground. <laughs> And I didn't want to fall flat on my backside. So those were the two thoughts, to be honest. Those are pretty reasonable concerns to have. But you know, you did you did not go for the toe poke. You went for the proper side foot. And it, it, it rolled and bounced on its way towards the goal. But it got there. How, how did you manage? Was it, was it luck on your side? Were the Western United gods on your side that day? Because a lot of people have tried this, as Josh has mentioned. A lot of people have tried this 61 kick and not succeeded but you were able to do you think do you think there was a a west united spirit on your side on on the day uh it might have been called the wind the wind would have helped <laughs> me a little bit but uh oh the surface was magic at moore's head it was just unbelievable it was like a bowling green mm. it is pr- a privilege to to get to walk out onto the, the playing surface never mind to have a shot like that but uh what did you make of of saturday's game obviously a disappointing result but uh really cool venue um, in my opinion, it's the best venue we've played a home game at by, by far. I mean, it's it's a, a pretty state of the art, pretty I mean, recent I, I development. Can, I, absolutely I can, fantastic pitch, as you mentioned. I can vouch for Moreshead Park. I've I've got family up there, so I go there quite often. I commentated a game of NPL mm. Victoria there a few weeks ago, and the surface is fantastic. The you know the facility there, it's almost. Tony, maybe even a preview of what you guys can expect when that regional football facility is up and running to have that singular grandstand and, you know, the areas around. It must be exciting to think that, you know, in not too long into the future, you'll be able to have something like that facility as a permanent place for Western United. Yeah, can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. Uh, probably the best venue I've been to, but well, would be Cooper's. I went to uh, mm. the last Cooper's games. You're close to the um, close to the game, close to the action, and it's just and being sixteen thousand at Coopers, it's just even with eight thousand people, it's just a great atmosphere. Uh, Mooreshead, um, obviously a lot smaller venue, but you're so close to the action. You know, you, mm. you could smell it. it was it was brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, take us back on the on the Western United journey, Tony. Where does the love of the club uh, come from for you? Um. Well. I've, Many months ago, many months before the license, they um, they come up with the uh, the name and colours. So I thought, oh, and being Geelong person, um, it was just yeah. So I picked me colours, I picked me name of the club, and and with the stadium, to own your own stadium, that was a clincher for me. And being Western suburbs of Melbourne, I don't like travelling into the city of Melbourne. So um, that was it. Once it was going to be based at West West Melbourne. I was in. 
Fantastic. And uh, you've been a football fan for a long time. I understand you're, you're a Birmingham City supporter. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, <laughs> some, some, yeah, long long journey following them, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, we had Neil Kilkenny on earlier in the program. Uh, came through it at Birmingham City, made his first team debut there. Uh, it must be nice to see him um, uh, at Western United these days. Oh, and he's his experience. Um, and as you alluded to earlier on with um, Stephen Sticker, they've, they've done a real good combination, those two. And, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. So, um, yeah, and an ex-Birmingham City player playing for Western United, it's, yeah, it's good. No, oh, I'm sure to have that crossover of the t- you know two of the teams that you support must be a very cherished memory. But w- what else you know in your history of of being a, a Western United super fan, if you'll allow me to call you that? Uh, what are the what are some of your other treasured memories from supporting the club? Obviously, hoping to make a few more of them at the pointy end of this season. But so far in the journey, what sticks out? Um, yeah, I looked at Melbourne victory first time we played them. Mm. Um, at Marvel when we won, that was fantastic. Mm. Um, Adelaide, both Adelaide trips. Um, yeah, and just probably meeting all new people that, that have got the same vision as mm. me as Western United supporters and probably the club itself as well because um, a lot of the people that work at the club are class as friends and it's not many, you can't say that with a lot of, you know, clubs, you know, professional clubs. They're actually, you know, they're friends, basically. They'll always come up and say good day. You know, Chris Palavanas, for example, and, and uh, you know, Steph from Merch that used to work in Merch, and that, they, yeah, become real good friends. So, yeah, it's that's one of the biggest um, uh, I love of supporting the club. I mean, it makes it into a a very big family, doesn't it? And you, know, Josh, and I can both vouch for that as well. Everyone who we've had the chance of speaking to through this show are always, um, you know, sometimes great players, sometimes great at their job, but just time and again, great people, and that yeah. that's the real the Enormous real take home. Generosity as well. of uh, of time and and sharing yeah. experiences and so forth has been our favourite part yeah. of this, and this show. Of course. Tony, the senior squad will be hoping to celebrate uh, similar achievements to yours on the weekend, you know, at, <laughs> when they eventually have the chance. But the the reality of your, your you know, victory in the um, the 61 design uh, kick for cash is that you've got an extra $1,061. Is there a plan for that money? Because I, I have it on pretty reliable authority from merchandise manager Ren Wackett. There is a discount in the club shop this weekend. So I'm, I'm wondering if maybe some of the money's going in that direction. What are you planning to do with it? Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not too sure. These, I was going to Adelaide again this year, but sort of money I had to pull out of it. Um, yeah, my daughter would love me to take it to Adelaide again. So um, yeah, and it's the last game of the season. Who knows what we'll be riding on that game? So. Yeah, I don't know. Away trip. Another one. It's a good problem to have. It's a very good problem to have. I'll say that. Tony, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Really appreciate it. And we appreciate your support as well. Uh, Look forward to to seeing you at the next uh, next game or next away trip. And uh, good luck for for the rest of the season. And I hope your back pulls up okay after that 61-meter attempt. (laughs) It's slowly getting better, yeah. Thank you. 
Tony Gilson joining us. Western United super fan who walked away with $1,061 thanks to 61 Design. That's all from us this week here on The Green Room. This weekend's game, 5pm kickoff at Utah Stadium in Tasmania against Perth Glory. But every game a final, Lockie. Oh, yeah. They all matter. Absolutely. Three wins and Western United will be top of the table and in pole position for the Premier's plate. This is it. This is the business end of the season. We can't wait to see the action. Uh, Thank you all for joining us here on The Green Room, presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder, and we'll speak to you again next week. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game... And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped a keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio.